had the highlights and the lowlights for our journey to Iran and northern Pakistan. Today we travel through the Silk Road with my guest Simon Fung, traveller extraordinaire. He has literally driven through the Silk Route covering 12,000 miles and 13 countries. And it all started when he dropped his daughter off to university in the UK in Hull. <laughs> I don't know how that started. Let me welcome in the studio. Good afternoon to you, Simon. Good afternoon. It's my pleasure to be here. It's lovely to have you. And uh, Simon, you know, I literally just kind of, again, I just bumped into, I bump into people and then I think, oh, they're going to be great on air. I really need to talk to them. Simon, before we actually go into um, your travels, just tell me, this is, a, this is something that you have wanted to do from a very early age, isn't it? Uh, yes, uh, since I was a kid, I used to like to travel anywhere to go to like an adventure. Mm -hmm. uh, just even when I lived in Hong Kong, it is a small place. I used to get on a bus to go nowhere and then <laughs> it's an adventure at that time. And then until I uh, went to university in the uh, UK, uh, I bought a very old car and then I started my traveling around and uh, since that time my I goodness. hope I could go uh, further and further. You've got itchy feet all right, haven't you, right? Oh, yes, yes. Okay, and this kind of plan to go on the Silk Road to do a long road trip, that was on your mind for some time then? I didn't consider myself going through the Silk Road actually. I was thinking to come home, to go home to uh, driving back to Hong Kong from UK. <laughs> That's and all. Just driving back from Hong Kong to the U you know from UK to the Hong yeah, Kong. Yeah, then then Quite people easy. told me that it is the Silk Road. Oh right. Okay. <laughs> so now you actually went to to the UK to drop your daughter off to university, right? Right. I was assigned to do this job, and okay. uh, I I thought it would be silly if I just. Uh, took her, accompanied her to go there and found the accommodation and then uh, settled her down. And then I, I, I flew back to Hong Kong. I thought it would be silly. <laughs> then I, I started uh, to have this idea. Right. And then you decided that once she was settled in her university accommodation, you'd go and just buy a four-wheel drive Mitsubishi in, in UK, right? Yeah, uh, to be <laughs> safe. It could be any car, but I, I thought a four-wheel drive would uh, actually allow me to go uh, more adventure to any places. Okay. Now, you didn't actually, because when I had, I met um, Simon some time ago, and we had coffee and we talked about this, but you, you don't, you didn't really kind of have this all planned out. You just decided kind of that you're going to do this. And then you got yourself all ready in the UK to, to make that trip. Uh, right. Actually, a lot of things were planted uh, along the trip. Mm -hmm. uh, at the first, uh, at the beginning, the idea was to go to Hong Kong, and then I would uh, expected some trouble or some difficulty to get through some country due to whatever the border closed or the uh, security safety or whatever reason. I I might have to drop or stop my trip. Uh, anytime somewhere okay. I, I expected that okay okay so where now tell me if you if guys if anyone looks at my Facebook page at the moment there are a number of pictures up there that Simon has, uh, has put up there and there's a really good route map which follows all the places he went so now Simon we start our trip down the Silk Road how first of all you've got this car what have you got in this car that when you start your journey now um 
I basically had everything in the car uh, that I need to survive uh, just in case uh, I ran into any trouble. So I had a stove, a cooker, a kettle. I had a lot of food and water. I had a bed in the car in case I cannot find anywhere to sleep. Uh, I, could, I could stay in the car. Okay. And so from the UK, where did you go there? Well, obviously, the Silk Road starts a bit later, but what was your first destination then? Uh, I drove from uh, UK to France uh-huh. and then uh, Spain and then uh, back to France again and then Italy. It is the Europe part. And then after Italy... Uh, it started to be a little bit more interesting. Uh, I I took a ferry with my car to uh, Albania and Macedonia, Bulgaria, and then after Bulgaria, it is outside of the e- EU countries. It started to be even more interesting. Mm. I enter uh, Turkey. When you say you interesting, know. what do you mean by interesting? <laughs> this could be kind of like you might think it's interesting. Somebody else who's listening might think, "Oh my God, I can't do that." <laughs> okay. Tell me what interesting that your is exactly. definition. Oh my God, uh, it, it is a lot of unknown whether you can uh, get into the country to cross the border to enter. Would, would they allow you to let you drive your car in? Uh, this kind of unknown. And it, did you have problems going from one place? Where did you, where did you get your first problems crossing the border? Um... I think if if we uh, talk about the Silk Road, let's start from uh, Turkey. Mm-hmm. I entered Turkey without too much trouble, and then uh, I spent almost like a month there. And then uh, after Turkey was Iran. Mm-hmm. Tell the, me about Turkey. What was what did you do in Turkey then? Turkey, I first arrived uh, Istanbul, mm-hmm. which is a tourist uh, hotspot. So yes. uh, a lot of places. Uh, people have been there and then after that I drove to uh, Cappadocia which is which also is amazing amazing Absolutely. Yeah. for somebody who hasn't been I've been to Cappadocia and for somebody who hasn't been just tell Simon tell us what it's like well a lot of people uh, would go there in the summer or uh, but I was there in the winter time it was snowing and then uh, the road was a little bit difficult to drive. I had to put the uh, chain, wheel chain wow. on my car to wow. drive uh, on the snow. But the scene was uh, just so fantastic. Because it's full of these um, structures, large structures, which are basically like caves and you yes. know, through, oh, I, I should have done my homework on this, because it is a natural structure, isn't it, that's developed, and people have actually formed hold, uh, homes in these places. Yes, because those kinds of caves, uh, the, the material itself is very easy for people to craft. So mm-hmm. they craft a tunnel and they make their home, they make anything mm-hmm. like that. And, and actually, I stay in a hotel, mm-hmm. in a cave hotel. Yes. Uh, which is fun. I, I stay inside of a cave, which is a hotel. Uh-huh. It's warm, and uh, I even had uh, uh, breakfast, uh, Wi-Fi there. Oh, it's I, fun. I'll have to ask um, my next guest, Wilson, about whether he's got any any my any things around with caves, like you know, just in case. Okay. But, but yeah, so it is quite an amazing scenery. It's almost like um, when I was in Cappadocia, it was almost like the set of of some like Star Trek or some science fiction movie because it, if you just Google it and look at it, it is 
quite an amazing place. How did you do it in the in the snow? Because it must be pretty cold there at that time. And it's actually okay since I had my car with me. Mm-hmm. I I could stay warm inside the car, and then uh, it's easy for me to drive around uh, since my car was uh, good enough for driving on the snow. And then uh, it's not a big trouble, and and um, maybe a little bit trouble to start the car in the morning when it is too cold. Yeah. yeah. Other than that, uh, I'm fine. And I'm how s- did people see you? Because you've done a long trip. Um, how did you feel as a as here you are, a Chinese guy going through all of these different places? Um, I, you know, what was the what was the reaction from people? I think up to Cappadocia, it wasn't uh, anything special because people see a lot of tourists uh-huh. uh, over there too. But uh-huh. then after I left Cappadocia, I start heading to the east of Turkey, uh-huh. which is uh, a lot of people consider it is not very safe. It is close to uh, Syria and Iran, Iraq, those uh, countries so people do not uh, consider it very safe and they and those part of uh, that part of uh, Turkey uh, people do not consider it a tourist uh, hotspot okay but then I was going to the east I had to drive to uh, the east of Turkey uh-huh. and uh, People start to find it strange to see a Chinese guy. Uh, maybe sometimes they think uh, he looks like uh, Jackie Chan. <laughs> and uh, people were actually quite f- friendly. Right. And uh, sometimes they approach me to uh, try to uh, talk and introduce themselves and why and ask me why I was there. They found it uh, very special also. Because uh-huh. there is um, certainly in some of these countries that you're going to, hospitality is very much high up on the list for people they do like travelers it is islamically actually it is a is it a it's a huge way of actually getting some good deeds on your system because you can help a traveler so did you find that that people were generally very hospitable oh yes it was uh, i think it is uh, it is always the case if you if you go to a uh, tourist hotspot uh, people see too many tourists uh, in their hometown uh, maybe they are so much used to it they don't care too much now and then if you go to somewhere they don't see tourists and then they they find it strange they try to offer their help they they bring you to them their home to have a cup of tea Mm -hmm. or they they grab you to take a picture okay (laughs) so it's nice i mean it's quite novelty now what um you know okay so you now you're in uh in turkey so where's your next move after that uh, the next move was to uh, enter Iran. It started to be even more interesting. <laughs> okay. okay. The interesting means difficult, right? <laughs> uh, yes, uh, more uncertainty because okay. I would, I, I didn't even know if I could uh, enter. Uh, I didn't know if the border is closed or open. Because I, I, I checked the information along the road uh, and tried to get the up-to-date information. And then some people said that due to some reason the border is closed. They do not ad- allow any more uh, driving uh, into their country, etc. But I just had to go and to give it a try. Gosh, you really were just working on the spur of the moment there, weren't you? You didn't you didn't kind of plan beforehand. I would have sat there thinking, right, I'm going to get here by so-and-so. But you just went with the flow of it. My plan was to go Hong Kong. 
That's right. all. And then the, the the little details, I had to work out the, the, <laughs> along the road because you, you didn't know if you plan ahead, but then there's something might change. So there's no point planning ahead. You just right. go with it. All right. right. Cool. That's the good way of looking at it. Okay. So Iran was a little bit difficult sometimes. And um, what did you, uh, we talked about Iran actually a couple of weeks ago. What did you like best about Iran? In Iran? Mm-hmm. Um I think one of uh, the most uh, memorable part was I I drove into a desert solo driving and then uh, driving three hours on the sand. I didn't see one people. Wow. I I saw some camel. Why? Okay. Did you have some spare petrol in the car? Do you always keep petrol in the car? Yeah, I I calculate uh, a few hours driving was okay. I'm so relieved. Okay. (laughs) I'm getting stressed just thinking about it. Okay. So sometimes you were just the only one on the road. There are pictures on Facebook, which, as I said, if you look at my Facebook page, you will see that there is just desert all around and just your car. Oh, yes. I, I, I kept driving for two hours. I didn't see in the other car Crikey. or uh, there, there was no was role. Was there any feeling of anxiety in you at the time when you did that? And not really. It, it, it was quite peaceful. And then uh, I think if you just try to be uh, cautious about your own uh, safety, don't drive into any soft sand or oh, don't, don't take too much risk. Okay. Then it's okay. And what if um, these what ifs have to come up here? Uh, what if your car breaks down? Do you have some basic knowledge of dealing with a car if something was to happen? I think if I was at home, if I had some trouble, I could uh, fix the car. If I had time, I go to a garage to check internet sure. to find out the problem. Sure. I had time to do that. But along the road, it is uh, very difficult. But I have. I, I would say I have some basic knowledge about where the problem could be somewhere here okay. or there. But and you then, don't have Wi-Fi, do you? So Right, in the <laughs> desert you don't. And then uh, you, you wouldn't have enough uh, facility to fix the car, right. but even if you know what the problem is. You just pray and yeah. hope that nothing goes wrong. So, out of Iran, and where did you go then? After Iran was... Uh, at first, I was planning to go the short route, which is uh, Pakistan and India and then China. But then uh, at that moment, I found the uh, the part of Pakistan wasn't very safe. Mm-hmm. So I changed my mind. I went to uh, the north, uh, Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan and Kazakhstan, okay. uh, which was quite difficult. I would not say interesting now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now it's actually, he's actually using the words difficult. So the difficult, define difficult for us now, Simon? (laughs) First, to get the visa for uh, Turkmenistan Uh is very difficult. I I had to apply that in uh, in, uh, Iran. Okay. It took me a long time and then uh, to to get it and then and then eventually I could only get a transit visa which means I have to uh, drive through that drive country non-stop, <laughs> non-stop okay. and I only had three days wow and then uh, when I go through the border it took me uh, like four hours to to get through the border because at uh, Turkmenistan they uh, at the border they took out everything from my car to inspect, to check that I was not smuggling or, or anything. Uh, just took me long time to get through the border. But I think after you enter 
into the country, then it's fine. I, I felt uh, I was free. Okay. And tell me a little bit about the people and the food and things that you experienced. People in general uh, are very friendly. Mm -hmm. I would say I, I did not uh, did you ever feel, feel threatened or worried that you were on, in, not in a safe place at all? And not really, not really. Even at one time I had a problem with my car uh, in Iran. Uh, somebody uh, came up to offer their help and then uh, it was okay. Uh, but then uh, I found a lot of trouble. Uh, sometimes I go into a roadblock uh, police they want to check your ID or car and they were okay too they were uh, you because uh, was, it was language a, a problem language I mean you know you were doing a bit of English where I suppose Chinese you know but language was it a problem or did you get by okay I think I got by okay a language can be a big problem uh, I can give you an example uh, I went to a petrol station uh, my car would take a uh, Diesel, oh, right. but it was a mistake due to the language. Yeah. Then I got uh, petrol, oh, petrol and oh, then dear. I had problem, and then eventually I went into trouble. But then some people helped me. I give you another example: the language. If you have GPS, of course you need GPS mm -hmm. to uh, guide your route to guide your driving. But then, if you want to go to a hotel which is not in English. Mm -hmm. What can you do? You cannot enter into the GPS. Yeah. So I had to uh, prepare and to work out the coordinate right. of the hotel location, and then I enter the number into the GPS. I would have just camped up there and just stayed there forever because I wouldn't have been able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and the road sign, you cannot understand the road sign. They are yeah. not in English. Of course. No, that's such a challenge. It's amazing that you took it on. Did you ever feel, you, you were doing this by yourself, did you ever feel I wish I had some company. I wish I'd taken somebody with me for the company. And because sometimes when you're in that situation of distress, it's actually nice just to have somebody with you. Uh, actually, I didn't feel too lonely. Uh, I, okay. I, I felt I was uh, solo. Uh, it was okay for me to uh, go you easily. You could deal to, with everything. Yes. And then I had, uh, whenever I have uh, internet, I can share my experience on Facebook with my friends and then uh, so you were doing a blog continuously as you as you were making these moves I, from one country to the other. I didn't really make a decent blog, but I I kept uh, posing picture uh, and uh, my little experience along the road just on Facebook. Uh -huh. And then my friends uh, in Hong Kong and other countries they started to uh, follow me. Uh, later and later, they they got excited also. Well, it's just amazing, seriously, some of the things. Okay, now we have a couple of minutes left. Let me just ask you, um, we are going to have you back on the show the week after next, and then we're going to carry on from here and talk a little bit more about the places you visit and also perhaps your future plans as to where you hope to go. But from all the trip that you did, tell me about the most sort of most memorable things that stay in your mind about your trip. What has never left your heart after you've done this amazing trip? I, I I found out that a lot of uh, places, some people are very poor. I think uh, if they can uh, fix the problem, then uh, the world the the world would become more peaceful. Mm. Mm. And do you think? I mean, uh, it's funny because 
I was in northern Pakistan and in August, and I was telling you about this. And um, we went from one end of uh, Pakistan to the other end, and it was amazing. But like you, I saw a lot of, a lot of poverty, lots of people who were very poor, who were along the route where we were going through northern Pakistan. But some of them were so, but they were just so nice and so um, hospitable, regardless of what they had. They had very little, but they would always just say, no, no, come and, and sit with us and have tea and things. Their hearts were very big. It was amazing. But it was just that it was a shame that no more couldn't have been done to help them, to you know make things easier for them, certainly. That's true. That's true. Very true. Mm. So now, if somebody was planning a trip, what are the top th- what are the top three things that you think that they need to be prepared for? Uh, I think they better if if they don't have a open schedule, then and you can travel for a long time. You better join a, a tourist package or have or hire a tourist guide to help you to fix the hotel the okay. transportation etc otherwise if you have trouble then uh, your trip can be have to be extended mm-hmm. so uh, okay good okay simon i'm gonna leave you at that because we're gonna get you back in a couple of weeks but thank you very much for coming in today it's thank been you. fabulous thank you thank my you. pleasure